Oh, oh, PC. Hey, hey that's, that's cool. cool. You got a podcast? Well, I didn't, I didn't know, know that. Know that's that. cool. How you do? Welcome, welcome, welcome to the OTC's very own Oh, That's Cool podcast. Our second ever episode. We're so excited uh, to be here, to be back. We're so excited that you're listening again. We can't thank you enough. Um, we, we've heard nothing but but great feedback. Uh, we've been reading all your comments on Facebook and on Twitter, uh, and and this is just really exciting. Uh, I'm of course I'm Jared Durden, and with me, uh, my name is Andrew Crocker, and uh, we are in mid-May. Jared, how do you feel this time of the semester? Tired. I mean, the Starbucks closed down, the Writing Center closed down, I think OTC 101 is closing down. When you look around and you see things go from the thriving campus that we're used to, to kind of the graveyard that it's slowly becoming, what are your, you get good feelings, like things are slowing down, do you get sad feelings, like the things I got used to are going away, how do you feel? My body naturally, at this time, I don't know what it is, and it's always in this last week of classes, my my body just naturally shuts down. I start going to bed a little bit earlier. I just I feel tired. I I, I have to kind of be aware of how I'm feeling. I think it's just it's just that natural progression. I think I've I've just been doing this for so long that I've I'm I know how I work right that cycle. Does it? How how are you? How are you? How are I you? I actually well, you know what? I'm so glad somebody asked. I was I always get really. Um, I, I kind of do feel exhausted the last week and a half. And then we have the final class, and all of a sudden, I get really sad and emotional in a hurry. So it's a, it's a roller coaster, but it's be like the worst roller coaster. So Everything is going straight. <laughs> Everything is going slowly straight down. That'd be a terrible roller coaster, but then it shoots straight up on the last day emotionally. It's I just, do get really excited, especially I enjoy uh, seeing everybody walk, the graduation. That's that's a fun experience. And that I do. I do. That's when I think I really feel it, and I, I I get happy for everybody and seeing everybody coming to an end. Yeah, absolutely. Sometimes well, it's hard in teaching, and I think why I, what I enjoy on the summer I always have a project because I I don't get to like finish mm-hmm. right as a teacher. I, I, it's not like you know if if you make a table and you're like here's this table I made. I you know you, you don't ever have this. Here I did this thing, and now here's this finished project. I think that's where sometimes the emotional roller coaster comes in. Mm, right? Sure. So, well, you, I guess you do have a finished product. You get to see all those uh, people that were students of yours walk. That feels like it. Yeah. Right? There's not to compare them to a table. Yeah. No. <laughs> sure. Well, you know, we're building them up in a way. It, yeah. But they're not. I mean, there's a metaphor there. There is a metaphor there. It's a very poor metaphor, but it's there. So speaking of. Uh, Next week, of course, or actually this week, when, when, when you're hearing the, the podcast is finals week, um, we, we had such a good time doing this. Um, we want to hear more from you out there in, in OTC audience land. So I, I came up with an idea. I've got a challenge. Uh, what I would like everyone to do out there that's a listener and a fan is I want you to introduce yourself to someone on campus that you don't know. Ask them about uh, themselves, uh, and then I want you to tell us about your experience in the comments on either uh, Instagram, if you're, if you're following us at Oh That's Cool Pod One, uh, or on Facebook on the OTC faculty page. Uh, let us know in the comments, who did you meet? Uh, what did you talk about? And keep letting us know, uh, who do you want to see on the podcast? Or, or what would you like to come on and talk about on the podcast? Uh, we want to keep that excitement going. Um, as we said, our goal is to make friends. And I've had a couple people talk to, the, talk to me about that. This would be an interesting topic. I'd be happy to talk about that topic. Please, please bring those to our attention because we love that. We love, we are always hunting for ideas, and you guys are a nonstop fountain of it. So thank you for that. Yes, remember our motto, thinking and friendship. Yeah, uh, is that the motto? That, I, I thought so. it was thinking is cool. Thinking is cool. Wait, wait, wait. The motto is thinking and friendship? Yeah, that's a terrible motto. <laughs> We've got to spruce thinking, that up Thinking somehow. is cool is the motto. Okay. Think, making friends through thinking. Ma- Ooh, I mean, that's, that's, that's better. Yeah, but that's a, such a low bar. All you have to do is think and make friends. But hey, hey, we're, you know, we're working on it. Tell us, <laughs> again, tell us in the comments. We, we want to hear from you. Stop us in the hallways. Um, speaking of making <laughs> friends... Uh, we've brought on another guest, and this time uh, we, we, again, you know, thinking about what's going on in current events, 
Andrew and I both uh, uh, had questions on this topic, right? Uh, we wanted to find someone that could tell us more about vaccines and vaccinations. So, of course, we brought on uh, none other uh, than Vivian Elders. How are you, Vivian? Hi, guys. If I may, if oh. I may, uh, Dr. Vivian Elder, of course. I just It is very to... sweet. Thank you. Yeah. Hi, I'm good. I'm super excited to be here. I was trying not to giggle that whole time that you guys were bantering. <laughs> Because I knew my mic was on. I'm so excited. It's great. And we're so timely that we have you here. But when we asked you and when you agreed to do it, we did not get the news from the CDC until just a couple days ago. We'll talk about that in a second, I'm sure. But uh, a couple things just for you, ma'am. First of all, you and I served on the same committee for the Higher Learning Commission to help get OTC reaccredited. Were, would you describe that commission as your baby? You seem to be spearheading the effort. But regardless, <laughs> we got accredited a couple weeks back, a few weeks back. I just wanted to thank you on behalf of everybody listening for engineering that. That is super duper kind. I think that is the, that's the trick of the work world, right? So like you, sometimes you know people's names get associated with things. It's a, it's the, it takes a village, and and I was lucky enough to get to move into a different role. So there were other people who were caretaker of the baby after me. But yeah, it took it took all of us. But yeah, we did it. And easy, what is you, easy story to tell. Your role now, by the way, because there has been a recent change for you in the last year. Yes, I am now the department chair for the bioclinical sciences classes. So if you're not familiar, um, they are the biology type classes that are geared more toward our allied health or, depending on when you're hearing this, health sciences programs. Um, so anatomy, physiology, microbiology, I'm going to forget things and someone will be mad, nutrition, pathophysiology, that sort of thing. Human stuff. How has it been last year? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, really it, interesting, good. Um, it's, I think, I know other departments have been in this same place, but especially for our lab-based classes, uh, prior to COVID, we had not thought about how to tackle um, dissecting a brain if we weren't in the room with the people doing the dissecting. So um, it's been big, new challenges. Uh, and folks have, man, we have risen to the occasion. We've had more creativity. It's been amazing. So, fantastic. So, t just to, to tell us a little bit more about yourself. So, we heard just a little bit about your recent transition, um, but uh, tell us about yourself and your relationship to the college as a whole. Okay. Um, I was trying to think about this. So, I think I think it was two thousand five. Does that sound right? I think when I first started, um, and this is going to be a crazy story. So it was actually uh, Mr. Crocker's mom is the reason I have any job at OTC. <laughs> um, we, uh, Marianne and uh, myself and my now current husband, Sean, we all worked at the lab at Cox. And uh, Marianne and Sean would go to dinner sometimes at the same time. And I think Marianne was in the place that sometimes we all are as, as people who have to staff classes at OTC. Uh, she found herself in a pinch. Uh, it's X weeks before classes start, and I don't have someone to do this. And Sean was like, I think I think Vivian might want to do that, and <laughs> voila, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, here I came. So I started in just working in the labs and doing lab prep. I think when I got introduced to the board, um, Dr. Frank Shepard said we hired her to cook for the bacteria and then clean up afterwards. I think that was like my big <laughs> introduction uh, to the college. So then full-time faculty, and then... 2014 moved over into the Dean of Academic Services role um, and then the opportunity came to came back into faculty world last summer so here I am can I can I can you give us 30 seconds because <laughs> he is one of my favorite people on the planet or was rest in peace Frank Shepard how well did you know him? Can you give us a 30-second summary of the guy? He was just such an amazing man. I didn't know him well enough to, to know all the cool rumors yeah. that, that <laughs> floated around after he passed. Um, but he gave me some amazing advice one time. I was working on my master's, and he, right, the stress that we all get of the turning in the paper, and it's never right, and it's, right, red ink bleeding everywhere. And I don't know if it was true or not, but he told a story that it, for either his master's or his doctorate, he, like, turned in a draft, they said it was the worst thing ever. He fixed it. They said, nope, worse. He fixed it again. They're like, what are you doing? This is so much worse. And he told me he turned the first draft back in, and they said, perfect, this is what we're looking for. Uh, and <laughs> it made me feel so much better about the process, right? It, is, it was process, ra process rather than product, so. 
He's just one of those guys, very literally worldly. Been everywhere, yeah, right? anywhere in the on the planet he had been. It's like all the James Bond rumors after yes. he passed. Like he was the secret CIA agent. He was deep throat. He was like all the things. And it's great yeah. that he told you that story because he was so disarming too. I just right. really, really liked him a lot. Uh, and I don't. I know many of the people listening, the old timers, will remember him, but <laughs> unfortunately, uh, uh, only Should we them. Say Cox North and just make everybody happy. <laughs> yeah, there you the go. Timers. <laughs> <laughs> you remember? Were you around when OTC was in? Uh, Northtown Mall. I've heard the stories. Mm-hmm. I was not. I've heard the stories of like the yeah. See, here's our anatomy link. So they were dissecting cats, and they threw the cats in the dumpster behind the Northtown Mall. Yeah. And somebody saw them. Was like, "What's happening? <laughs> Why are there so many cats in the dumpster?" It was like a whole thing, and they called the cops. I get this is legend. I don't even know. I have no facts, but this is this if, is the legend. If I remember correctly, in 2015, wasn't it you that named? The unicorn hovercraft. <gasps> that was me. And you named it, of course, Archibald. Archibald. <laughs> yeah. So where did where did Archibald come yeah, from? That's a great question. Oh my gosh. It seems like I should have a pithy answer. I don't remember. Some <laughs> things are just meant to be, right? <laughs> it I may mean, have just it just spoke to me. Why looks Archibald? Like an Archibald? I don't remember. Where is Archibald? Uh, Archibald is in my garage. <laughs> uh, doing the, great. The stables. Just waiting to be be reintroduced. I had an idea. So w- one of the things I was working on uh, was uh, making Archibald self-propelled, Ooh. right? So, and, and I, I played with that a couple ways. Uh, some of you might remember the time that we had to move the, uh, fa- uh, the um, excuse me, the picnic inside because it was raining. And I might have used leaf blowers inside and knocked over a bulletin board. <laughs> Hopefully uh, no one's still mad at me for that I, I do apologize but uh anyways my point being is i think it would be awesome if we could get uh ozzy the eagle mascot <gasps> to ride archibald <gasps> and have him jump something like off of a stairwell or over the flaming rubens this tube. is a podcast so people can't see my face just frozen <laughs> in <gasps> this is the, we're working on it <laughs> it's in the works okay, does he sure. dispense skittles yet there was talk of some sort of there was the skittles, skittles dispensing yes uh, not yet, later, but. later. The jump is better than but the skittles. I, I feel like you know now. Now that we're 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 coming out of 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 the pandemic, we're we're starting to get everybody wants to get together again. Yes. So this might be a, a good opportunity. That to would be really, the best pretext whatsoever. Right for to really yes. uh, re um, reengage some student groups and things like that. That's, that'd be fun. I'm in. Uh, so <laughs> uh, I, I, I've got some questions. Some, okay. some spe- specific questions for you. Uh, we need to name this segment. We got to work on that. We do need to come up with a name. By the way, speaking of names, uh, I had somebody come up to me about our first episode, and they were like, "You know what? I just figured out. Oh, that's cool. Starts with OTC. Is that why you named it?" And I was like, I, oh, "Oh, my goodness, that's true. I did not actually put that two. I did not put two and two together on that <laughs> until is, literally somebody brought this. You did. I, I really oh, didn't know. You did. I did. Okay. Did. Yeah. That's fair. Uh. <laughs> I also uh, uh, designed. Uh, oh, and, and no! I wanted to thank too. Uh, Jeff Johnson and his students helped us record the theme song. So yes. the, the theme song. Uh, a good friend of mine who is um, he's a bassoon player for Springfield uh, Orchestra, and he's the principal bassoon player in Fort Smith. Uh, uh, Brent Filmer. Uh, he and I wrote that theme song, and, and Brent is singing and, and doing all the instruments. Uh, but Jeff and his students helped us. I am actually sad. There's no bassoon. In the song, yes. you said he is like a con- a concert bassoon player. He, he's he's gonna be mad that I misquote this too. Right? Yeah, sure. He's, he's a very accomplished one as well because they uh, he was on New York Times uh, top music whatever for uh, I see again I, I'm terrible with these names but he with the Fort Smith group in Arkansas they recorded for the first time an Arkansas's natives symphony piece and it made it to the top like. Wow. This is the best of the best in, in, in recorded uh, symphony music. Oh. Anyways, bragging about Brent Filmer. Great guy. Thanks Yay. again for your help. And again, thank you for Jeffrey Johnson for helping us recording that um, as well. But our question. So, uh, I was tell Googling us. Archibald just in case I could remember why I came <laughs> up with that name. It doesn't nothing. I feel like nothing there was up. at the it time a reason. But I yeah. can't remember exactly. Who is a hero of yours, Vivian? And why? <sighs> So I did, I'm going to double dip here. I did a little bit. That question is super hard for me to answer because I think um, calling somebody a hero puts them on such a pedestal. Um, it's, such a, it's such a hard thing for that sort of person to bear. So I'm just going to go with inspiration. Can I just change the rules? 
on the fly. Oh, well, you make up your own hey, rules, I your, think. Yeah, it's okay. your question. Okay. So this I'm is about you. Electing to like cross out the word hero on the test and write in the word inspiration. Okay. Um, <laughs> inspiration is good. It is it. It's heroic. Inspiring it is heroic. people. Yeah. So at the moment, because knowing I was going to talk about vaccines and maybe giving a shout out, because I really liked how Jen Bump uh, let folks know about someone they maybe hadn't heard of before. Um, so I am going with Dr. Kizmek. Nope, I was going to say Kizmekia um, Corbett at Kizzy PhD on Twitter, if you want to follow. Um, she is an amazing, amazing scientist. She was actually um, one of the folks working on the Moderna vaccine. Um, and she works, she's one of the lead scientists for the National Institutes of Health. And she um, is doing incredible and amazing work right now about addressing, I would say, I would say vaccine hesitancy. But if you listen to the education and the work that she's doing, she's like, that's not the word. The word should be vaccine inquisitiveness. Right, it's people having questions about things that they didn't know answers to. And so our role is not to convince people not to hesitate about things. Our role is to point them in the right direction of answers so they can make their own um, decisions. So um, yeah, she's just, she's an amazing lady. She is doing tons of work on um, helping communities of color understand that they have been a part of the process of vaccine development this time, um, that they have what, been included. Yeah. What does that mean? They've been part of the process. Oh, sorry. Yes. So um, especially, I think, uh, historically in science, um, we haven't always included everybody in the story, whether they were, they get their names in textbooks or if we're doing research on things. Like, I think I saw, I think I saw something on the news this morning. Isn't KY3 doing a thing of like, did you know the crash test dummies weren't meant for women? Like, right? They're doing some sort of thing. That like, does, yes, yeah. Right. So so a lot of times research, medical research especially, has not been done um, to include broad groups of, of the population. So we've, we've um, only had people that were Caucasian. We've only had folks that, um, who were male. And so that can cloud obviously write the types of results that we can get. Um, and so that was a big part of the clinical trials of the, vac the COVID-19 vaccines was to make sure that those communities in the phase three trials were representative of more than just one type of person, so. Very important, COVID hit uh, some minorities worse than the uh, kind of the Caucasian population. Am I right. wrong? The, no. At least the African-American community got hit harder. Yes, yeah. exactly, and that's, and that's, that she actually, I saw her in a webinar, some free webinar I got an advertisement for this summer, and I just heard her speak, and she was just so unapologetically <laughs> her and talked exactly about you can't, you can't decontextualize science. You can't take science out of the rest of the world, so we can't pretend that these things haven't happened in science and that there haven't been um, things that, that we have done in the history of the U.S. to different groups of folks that have been unethical medically, right? So there was Tuskegee, um, where we gave um, African-American males syphilis and denied them treatment just to experiment and see what would happen. Um, and so, yeah, Dr. Dr. Corbett has been, is really carrying the water, I think, for making sure that communities of color know that they had a part in this process and, and trying to address that um, vaccine inquisitiveness that way. So she did, if you're Googling her or you're looking around, she had an amazing um, video with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar specifically speaking to the African-American community. Like, what were your thoughts? What are your concerns? Here's how we were involved, so. I really like that idea of, of, of framing it too as, as the inqui inquisitiveness is important, right? A good scientist is a critical thinker and is questioning, mm -hmm. but there is this process by which uh, you know, science is the process by which, as we ask these questions and we think critically, we come to conclusions and consensus and build on understanding, right? The, yeah. the difference between that I idea of, of, you know, questioning and denialism, right? And, yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. And really being able to frame that in a in a way that makes people feel that their, their voice is just as, Im as important in terms of uh, they do get to ask questions, but making sure that we, you know, that we have the means by which we can answer them. Right, yeah. or, or be a part of a larger conversation. <laughs> Excellent choice, then. So very good choice. That was a, I never heard of that person before. I studied up. Okay, good, Jen, good. Jen Bump was such an example. I'm like, she dude. did set the bar high. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, uh, what motivates you to work hard? Ooh, um, I love. What's the, oh, this is going to be embarrassing. I learned other quotes, and I didn't, I don't, I'm not going to remember my hockey quote. That's terrifying. The, the Miracle on Ice coach. 
Ooh. Yeah, yes. that dude. Yeah, okay. Got it. Everyone yeah. sees From him. The Olympics? Said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Really critical information, Doctor Elder. <laughs> hardcore hockey fan. My <laughs> neighbor, when I was young, when I uh, in Minnesota, was an extra on the movie The Mighty Ducks. <gasps> Dude, Kenny Long, if you're out there listening, uh, and I was always <laughs> super jealous of that because I I, I knew how to ice skate because I. I grew up in minnesota but i was wasn't on the hockey team and and that hockey team he was <gasps> on is. is the one i would have been on oh dude and i never so that's my only real relation to hockey is why i brought that dude that you question. should learn now they have an adult league we barely know what we're doing it's great join 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 her books thank you we can edit out the part where i didn't remember <laughs> sure the name of the thing so uh, we like to keep it intellectually honest here <laughs> if, uh... <laughs> footnote vivian didn't remember the thing um anyway okay so what motivates me he so if if you've seen the miracle on ice movie you've read kind of how her brooks coached up that team there's a part where like in the movie they make him like skate laps in i don't know finland they lost some game in finland or somewhere scandinavia um and he makes them after the game since they lost like skate back and forth and back and forth and back and forth until they're like and vomiting and awful and like they'll skate a bunch and say like who do you play for or whatever and they'll say like their names or they'll say like where their college teams were so skate again skate again skate again and then finally someone's like I play for the USA. And he's like, you can go home. So anyway, all of that to say, he has like a quote that's like, the name on the front of the jersey is more important than the name on the back. Right? So this was your USA, you're not Mike Ruzioni or whatever. That's Long, a great quote. Isn't it lovely? I've, you know, I, haven't, I didn't know he originated it. Did he come up with it? Now you, I'm full of all the lies. I think he did. Oh, right. I'm like, I'm, I'm the upper 90%. I must have heard that like a half dozen times in like March Madness. I've heard that like so yeah. many times. I always associate it as a basketball quote, but whatever. Yeah. Upper 90%. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I like the idea. I love what motivates me. I love being able to take the things I am good at to be a part of a team that is doing something helpful for others. It was a really long walk to that answer, but that's what motivates me. So, uh, given that CDC just just released um, uh, uh, new new rules on on mask, and we're starting to mm-hmm. get back towards uh, more opportunities to do this, give us your you, so imagine you've got the day off, you go, you've got it, you get to plan it in full. Give us an ideal day out for Vivian in Springfield or the Ozarks <laughs> area. Oh, okay. If you could have your druthers, what tell us beginning to end? What what would you do? One, no plan. Plans ruin things. But, okay, so um, get up, go out for a breakfasty date with my husband. This was in the before times, always on Saturday mornings, going out to a breakfast. So we would go, we just rotated amongst breakfast places in Springfield. So a good, nice, we didn't have to cook at breakfast. Um... Ooh. Several really good breakfast places here right? in town, too. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I like a good geocache. Is that dorky? I so, Carly's been been. She brings it up every uh, every time we 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 have some time off. Yeah, we haven't done it yet, but I know it's I know what you're talking about. I, I and it's super fun. You have to per, you have to forget that everyone else doing it is like doing it with like a nine year old. Like it's like a kid's <laughs> activity. You just let that part go. Yeah. So like as you're walking around in the world, there'll be little tiny things hidden. And someone leaves like a little clue where you can find it and you go find it and then you're like, I found it on this app. And anyway, so a good geocaching, driving around the Ozarks, seeing things. That doesn't feel super different from Pokemon Go. Right? Yeah. Except for they're real. Okay. Gotcha. I guess that's the main difference. Isn't that? Because Pokemon was like that virtual. I know Pokemon Go pretty well. I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm the person to talk to about that, at least in this room. Can but you touch Pokemon on no, the Pokemon you, Go? Okay, so there's you, your difference. You're walking into a field and then your phone tells you, oh, you've oh, got one. Yeah. Yes, yeah. that's it, except for they actually exist. Okay, gotcha. Um, and then if they're, some of them are giant, some of them are tiny, and if they're big enough, there's like a little wadded up piece of paper in there. You can write your name on there like, look, I found it today. And then you wrap it up. And if they're big enough, there's also like little toys and prizes in there. That's so like you fantastic. could get like a little McDonald's toy someone left, and the rule is you're supposed to exchange it with something you brought that's at least the same or better. So right. So no treasure taking, hunting. Yeah. So no taking like a stuffed animal and leaving like an eraser. That's not cool. Right. I've cool seen some pretty above. cool erasers, but all right. I well, know. depending on the eraser. That's okay. fair. That's fair. <laughs> um, so a good geocaching, um, and then maybe a meeting with friends somewhere to enjoy some uh, local brewery of an evening. Um, Dude, and then I'll play a hockey game at night. That is a full day. That would be a day. 
I don't know that I have the energy. It's the end of the semester. That's like four days. Now, I talked about this for a year with my kids, and I asked them over and over again. I was like, soon as we call it, because they're young, the big bad bug, soon as that goes away, <laughs> what would you, what's, what's the one thing you yeah. really want to do? And they, for a year, said bowling. So bowling <gasps> is the first thing we will do once. Oh, yeah. So fun. Yeah. Probably, probably doing that this weekend after, after CDC, so what it says. Right? So, yeah. All right. So this is we, we speaking of looking up words. Uh, <laughs> it this is the anti penultimate. Yes, question. we had a whole conversation oh. on our last <laughs> podcast <laughs> where uh, I got persnickety about our use of penultimate, and that penultimate means second to last. There is a word that means third to last that none of the three of us knew. I looked it up. It's anti penultimate. It it's right. not anti. Anti penultimate. A n t e. Yeah. Yes. Who, why do these I, words exist? I spelled exist? it out too. A n t e p e n u l t i m a t e. Yes. Anti penultimate. E i e i o. Yeah. Gumby versus Mr. Ed. Battle to the death. Who wins and why? Gumby. Um, because this is a ridiculous answer. This is what I I thought about this actually when you asked the question before too, and I'm like, I'm gonna. This is exactly what happened in my head. Uh, because Eddie Murphy played him on Saturday Night Live. <laughs> <laughs> wait, a, we should have specified answer. what version of Gumby we're yeah. talking about. No, I mean the full-grown you know, man Gumby. That uh, might be a little tougher. Part, part of the importance <laughs> of the question and getting to know someone is it's about your own <laughs> interpretation, right? So yeah. yeah, that was my immediate gut reaction when you asked Jen. I'm like, duh. And then you said, why? I'm like, why? And I examined my own brain. I'm like, it really, it was Eddie Murphy. But in your mind's eye, the Gumby you saw was the Eddie Murphy Gumby. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. So right now we're all imagining Eddie Murphy in a Gumby outfit <laughs> fighting a horse. <laughs> right. Actually, you know what? I like uh, stop motion Gumby's chances better because he has no internal consistency. He has no rules. You can't really kill him. You can kill Eddie Murphy. You can kill a human being. So I actually like the horse's odds a little bit better in that regard. <laughs> Every, see, I'm, see, what I'm enjoying more is, is how passionate Andrew is. I get really upset about it. He was really frustrated last time because Jennifer's answer made no sense to him whatsoever. That is not the logical answer to this thing. So, so I'm, I'm imagining why, yes. yeah. each time we ask the question, it's just going to get more I am, Yeah. This is why some people enjoyed philosophy classes and Vivian just sat quietly because I'm like, there isn't an answer. Why don't you just argue some more? It'll be fine. Yeah, the that's hour right. We'll be up later. <laughs> I love philosophy. I know. I'm sh well. I don't know, but I would. <laughs> if we were betting, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, what brought us here? Uh, or, 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 well, you brought us here, but the reason that we specifically came to you is, is we had this ultimate question, um, and and uh, would very much ap appreciate your uh, expertise. What is a vaccine? Let's start there. Okay. Yeah, and, and please keep in mind, no you're totes. talking to, actually, he's a science guy. You're right. talking to, I I am starting at the ground level. You are golden. Okay. And I think, well, back to our kind of prior conversation, I think that is the hard part, too, because if we talk about, if you had a question about a vaccine, you can Google things right now, and they're either, the answers are often either so fluffy, they're just kind of words to make you feel better, or they're like letters, numbers, acronyms need a degree to answer those. So I was, I'm aiming for the middle please yeah okay. okay um okay so what a vaccine would be so if we start with the idea of how your immune system works so right there's you've got a respiratory system in your body that's for breathing all the things right you've got a circulatory system for moving blood around so we can think about there's a stuff in your body immune system that's functioning every day to keep critters out and I always say critters and it makes my students crazy and then they adopt it so critters stand in for viruses bacteria germs whatever um, so your immune system there's parts of it that work all of the time um, in a really generic way that don't need any activation or help so like your skin right so like I'm touching the table and there's germs on the table and I'm not dying of an infection right now because my skin's like a nice bouncer at the door um, fancier parts of your immune system that are a little more deadly than your skin should I say it that way like they're bigger guns like if we were playing sometimes I think of your immune system like and I'm not a video game player hang with me but like right so I'm maybe playing like a attack the ninjas video game so level one of the video game I know my brain is the weirdest place so level just one a grab bag of metaphors <laughs> <and examples. laughs> that's all I am and just metaphors 
covered in bobby pins, I think my husband would say, because I shed them everywhere, than with some maybe glitter. Um, so you're playing a ninja video game. That first level of the video game, there's like a million ninjas, but they're easy to kill. And then you go to the right. Then you go to the, the next first level, line of defense. The first line of defense. So then you go to the next level of the video game, and there's fewer ninjas, but they're a little harder to kill, right? So you got to maybe do that one a couple of times. And they have weapons. Yeah, they have weapons. Yes, as opposed to just you got to punch them in the face once and they fall down. Then third level, big boss stuff, right? Okay, so big boss parts of your immune system is what you're aiming for with a vaccine. You're trying to get to the big boss level because what happens big boss level with your immune system is that once that big boss recognizes you, like imagine big boss looking you in the eyeballs. I know what kind of critter you are. Um, That, the way your immune system works is that that first cell that recognizes the problem is going to make, I looked it up, I can't remember, 200,000 copies of itself, insane number. Copies, copies, copies. Um, I'm going to pretend it's like a thousand so I don't have to do the math in my head. Uh, <laughs> like 800 of those copies are going to go fight off whatever's happening at the moment. The other 200 copies hang out like deuces. Seems like you guys got this. We're going to hang out later just in case. Next next time, we got you next time, right? So that's, it's immunological memory. It's You've activated the system. It knows what to look for. And you've got some cells that just hang out for a while, depends on stuff, um, that are ready. And they are looking for the thing they recognize. Boom. Okay. Yes. So vaccine is showing the big boss what it should target. Okay. Getting the memory, right? Getting the 200 cells that will help you later without actually going through the hassle of getting sick. But you... you um, vaccines often do get you sick. Mm, kind of, yes. So just personal experience, arm soreness, first shot. But my second shot, Pfizer, that second shot, I was operating at about seventy-five percent energy. For, I was down for three days. It yeah. was bad news bears. I had no bad symptoms whatsoever. Yeah. So so. Well, no, I, I take that back. My arm was a little sore after the first shot. Yeah. So okay, sick. So not feeling good versus having the infection okay i guess okay. maybe I some nuance yeah 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 so um it turns out first level and second level right of your immune system so the first ninjas and then the second level of ninjas with the weapons we're continuing this analogy I, that's good let's okay. just stick with it at this yes. point yeah so once you wake up the second level of ninjas with the weapons you're going to generically not feel amazing second level of defense so like if you if you watch enough commercials for pharmaceuticals or you do the like down the rabbit hole googling of all the diseases you might could have you'll know you'll notice kind of that generic flu-like signs and symptoms right and it seems like everything has that yes second level second level ninjas make you feel like you have the flu uh can i ask a follow-up to that question you just asked her making a vaccine creating a vaccine because we had to, as a society, create a vaccine. Mm-hmm. Is there a protocol and you're just kind of following the steps, or is every dance different? Like how much outside-the-box thinking did we have to do to come up with these vaccines? So this was cool. So the the reason, so to, to address maybe part of the hesitancy slash inquisitiveness, Um, the particular types of vaccines that we have been emergency authorized approved in the U.S., so the mRNA vaccines and the viral vector, the Johnson & Johnson. Okay, so the three that we have. Um, The mRNA ones especially, the, the platform for this. So, like, if the idea is, like, do we have to build the factory and then we just switch out the widgets? Or do we have That's to right. build the factory from scratch? The factory had been in place. We were working on the factory for like the last six, seven years. So when folks are like, it was rushed, mm, kind of. It, only in that we only saw, most folks were only looking for the last year and weren't didn't see the last six or seven. Because there have been coronavirus as the big kind of family. Um, How do I want to say this? So like... Uh, the word dog, right? That's a big, broad word that can mean, right? If you if you think of examples of dogs, there's lots of different, like, 
chihuahuas and schnauzers and right so dogs kind of the big umbrella term so there are coronaviruses big umbrella term like dog and then there are versions of it right chihuahua great dane things like that so for the coronaviruses we had a we can you could argue about the semantics we had a pandemic or epidemic of a coronavirus 2002-ish SARS and then we had a pandemic epidemic um, in 2012-ish MERS and so the folks that were looking at this potential for the mRNA technology were using coronaviruses kind of as a, a thing they thought they should be aiming for because we had seen a pattern of those causing problems um, so actually if you if you look into um, Dr. Corbett they were, she was using coronaviruses kind of as a model and building the factory in our analogy to get the mRNA vaccines in place before we knew about COVID-19. And then as soon as we got the genetic information about specifically what kind of dog, if you will, right, <laughs> what kind of dog COVID-19 was gonna be, she was able to just plug that into the factory that they had been building and so that helped expedite that process quite a bit i'm afraid we're mixing our metaphors but I nonetheless really, i always do what, what it's so we, bad <laughs> i uh so if not for the forward thinking of mm -hmm. people like dr corbett saying that right mm -hmm. uh if not for that forward thinkingness i mean we very well could still be yes trying to figure out what factory to build yeah yeah because the the, the two, so the Johnson & Johnson is one type of factory. The Moderna Pfizer is another type of factory. Both of those are different types of factories than we've ever used before to, to build and deliver vaccines. So the vaccines that the three of us got as kiddos were built completely differently. What was, what yeah. was in the shot was different than what was in the shot I just got for COVID-19. So it, it, correct me if I'm wrong. No, no, no. The three different factories. I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. Keeping up with these metaphors. Uh, <laughs> using a little bit of live virus. No. Is one factory? Nope. Well, um, in in not, see, not, yes. not not in the ones that we we use there for coronavirus. There you are. Yes. So the three existing types of factories out in the world. You can use a, a factory based on a little bit of live virus. Yes. You can use. Uh, you have a factory based on a little bit of dead virus. Yes. And a factory based on mRNA. Yes. And I will add to that. I don't want to make things crazy. You can use a factory. So picture in, I don't want to go with COVID-19 because I don't want people to think we have these. Um, so picture, we'll go with an old reference. So like a koosh ball. Are we all old enough to think about koosh balls, right? There's a little ball with a lot of pokies on it. No, I'll, listen. I'll hear you out though. Okay. Koosh balls are good. All right. So we can also build a factory to just give somebody the stringy part of a koosh ball, but not the whole virus. We can give your body, okay, so now we'll, if people following along, we're leaving the factory and dog metaphors and we're going back to the ninjas. Okay. Okay. Um, so the, I'm going to chart this conversation. I know, it's probably terrifying. So um, let me do this. Let me do this. So in conversations with my students about this, they came up kind of with a, a visual that helped them of, if we want to think about any critter that could give you a disease as having a barcode on it, like this barcode says this is E. coli, this is tuberculosis, and they're unique to each thing, right? Like this barcode. Okay, so your, your immune system might work. You might want to think about it as having like barcode scanners, right? So the big boss, the ninja, has a barcode scanner, putting all of them together now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and we scanned, right? Oh, that's this critter. Here's how to fight it. Yeah. So... The, the vi vaccines that you're talking about, the factories that we were talking about, you could use the whole critter because the whole critter, of course, has its own barcode on it, right? So you're imagining, I don't know, a box of cereal, and it's this whole box, but there's a barcode on at least one part of the box. That's, that's the part your body recognizes, just the barcode, not the actual whole product. You, so, yeah. So continue no. your thought. I have, an, I have an additional question. Continue your thought. So... We could, we could give your body the whole product, which of course has the barcode on it, and your body would recognize it, or we could just rip the barcode off. And this is the little string. This the is the little stringy example. thing, yeah. So subunit, fancy. So you could do a whole critter, a subunit of the critter, and those are kind of the traditional types of vaccines. And now we're in a world where we have the mRNA. Before we get to the mRNA, yes. 
You uh, do, how, so are vaccines, this is a silly question no. from, a, from a layman. Not at all. Are vaccines flexible? Because mm. I ask that because clearly the vaccine we have developed in America is primarily for the strand of COVID that has oh, affected us. I see what you're saying. But it's also effective against the, uh, it's effective to a lesser degree, according to some of the data we've seen, against the South African strain, which was the one I was kind of worried about. There was some initial reporting early, because we are living through the testing. I mean, we're not looking at the results, we're living through the testing. Mm -hmm. And so there was initial reporting that the South African vaccine was finding end arounds. However, the vaccine works against it. It just works at a lower rate. Or were vaccines designed to be flexible? How is one vaccine targeting so many different strands of the same dog it's hunting for? Ooh, now we're hunting dogs. Okay. Um, um, I'm so, I, I, <laughs> it's totally fine. It's totally fine. Um, okay, so let's see. You know, I'm in some cultures, dog hunting is a national pastime. I bet that's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, okay, so let's go with the barcodes. So I'm picked, did I say cereal boxes? I said cereal boxes. Cereal so, boxes. okay, so imagine here's a cereal box that is for, uh, what's a cereal that does like seasonal fanciness? Um, Captain Crunch has some different okay. varieties. The virus is now a Captain Crunch box. Okay. Okay, so the barcode will tell the person at the checkout this is captain crunch but it could be like special the oops only berries ah right or something like that yeah, yeah. or you know it's they knew yeah <laughs> they that couldn't have been an accident <laughs> it wasn't an accident the second the machine turned on and only yeah. the berries and came it was out already just sugar anyways there <laughs> so. were so many different choke points that they just blew past and they were like you know what <laughs> yeah the qc at this factory is questionable <laughs> at best so yeah so maybe the South African strain is Oops All Berries and the, what's another strain, right? So the one that, I don't know, yeah, originally came out of, we think, Wuhan mm -hmm. was the regular Captain Crunch, but that barcode is still the same. The barcode will still read, this is Captain Crunch, gotcha. right? Because your immune system is not recognizing, it's not reading the box and looking at all the nuances. It's looking at one teeny tiny part and recognizing one teeny tiny part of whatever might cause the problem, and it's just responding to that. So if, if the variant still retained the same enough similarity that the barcode was the same, then a vaccine developed against one strain could still be effective against another strain. The, the reason the vaccine might quit being effective would be if the, if the strain changed or evolved enough that the barcode part right, changed so, so your immune system wouldn't be like, what is this? So the, the virus could have a variant that makes it more um, contagious. However, it could contain enough of the initial components that the vaccine is still effective. Totally. Yes. Yay. Well said. Yeah. Well said. Thanks. Perfect. And uh, thank you for, again, this is completely foreign to me, so I appreciate it. No, you're totally good. This is exactly, my poor students, it's all cereal boxes and dogs and yeah. ninja games. This is exactly how I, it's fine. <laughs> so... The new, the new, new yes. mRNA vaccines. Yes. Please help us. Yes. So, so. What are? <laughs> what are mRNA? Um, so think of, I thought about this one. So think of, we've got DNA, which you know, folks are generically familiar with, right? So DNA blueprint for making me, right? My DNA. Um, so the way it works DNA is like the fanciest kind of most important version of a set of instructions that a cell could have. So in my brain, if I was thinking of analogy, I'm going to pretend it's a recipe that maybe is like the coolest, bestest recipe for cookies that you've inherited from your great, 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 great grandmother. And it's got like the weird measurements, right? And it's on the cool index card. And like you're keeping that one for posterity, like the physical, actual, right? Like the big index cards that you put recipes on? Anyway, so picture that thing in your head. There's your... 100%. Okay, cool. There's your DNA. So if you're actually to go make those cookies, you probably don't want to actually use great, 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 great grandma's index card, right? Because you might get some vanilla on there and ruin it. Like that's the cool thing. You don't want to get dirty. So you make a working copy, right? That you don't care if you spill some stuff on and whatever. Absolutely. That's mRNA. So your DNA is how to make you... But we don't want to reference it so often that we mess it up. So we make working copies of just the information we need, and those working copies are mRNA. 
we can still read it's like a photocopy of grandma's recipe we can still read the photocopy and make the cookies we can make so it the the way it goes in biology dna then the information we we transcribe we can turn into rna then we read that and we make a protein so the cookies the protein the thing that we made from the recipe does that yeah? Except for my grandma, it's her apple butter recipe. Oh, I should have asked ahead of time, okay. right? Or like a crumble cake or some oh, no, sort no. of... no, Her apple butter is uh, legendary. That's the one. We're going to edit out the cookies, and it's going to be apple butter now. I will say now. that if you... Apple butter editing. has... If you <laughs> nail apple butter, okay. it's like as good something you can ingest as there is. It's uh, just fantastic. I'll bring it next time. <gasps> yeah. you, you, you might end up inviting her for a podcast. Okay, this sure. Is, yeah. <laughs> this is legendary. Yes. Okay, so DNA, great-grandmother's apple butter recipe. Uh-huh. You don't want to use it all. Yeah. So, okay, so the beauty of the photocopy recipe, should we call it that, the mRNA vaccines, the beauty of that is that um, in the examples that we talked about before, especially if we think about if you just took a whole germ, a whole critter, and put it into your body to try and mimic an infection, right, um, with the polio vaccine um, back in the day, you you can put there, it's called attenuated or weakened or sleepy, or you'd put in a weakened virus, it can sometimes revert back to. So when you hear folks like, I got the sickness from the vaccine, it could be if we were giving them a whole critter in the vaccine, right? If we okay. actually gave you the germ in the vaccine, you might actually get the sickness. That's a downside. My, from my understanding, the, the the origin of vaccines started way 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 back way back uh, in, in uh, uh, parts of Asia uh, China mm-hmm. uh, South Africa they they with smallpox they would take a little bit of inf- of, of a pox from someone yeah. and put it underneath someone's skin yep and even f- uh, or maybe uh, this is history again uh, correct me if I'm wrong the Egyptians would take bloody cloth and wounds from someone that's infected and put it in people's noses yeah and this is kind of the this is the idea yeah this is the origins is that they noticed that people who uh smallpox smallpox is the first thing that we have evidence that people tried to vaccinate against and um prior to medical treatment or vaccination um if you got smallpox you were either got over it or you didn't um and folks noticed that if you were the type of person who got over it then you never got it again Right, so good science is good observation. They're like, that seems weird. I wonder if we can, and so it's sort of built on that. Yeah, um, and so that's kind of, that's in, in more technical ways we've been doing that, right? Like we'll just give them a little bit of baby illness or maybe a piece of the illness. Um, the mRNA, what it does is it turns, if you think about, okay, so we're, we're taking instructions for making a piece of the virus. We're not giving you the the cool real DNA instructions. You can't actually make the whole virus out of mRNA. The mRNA, the photocopy, is just a little piece of the whole cookbook. It's a piece of the recipe, right? So we put that into your cells. Your cells read the recipe. They make the apple butter. Oh, I mean, <laughs> in this example, it's the spike on the COVID virus so if you think of that picture you keep seeing on the news yes and it's gray and the little red parts okay gotcha yeah so the vaccine is a set of photocopied instructions on how to make the red spike so i get the vaccine some of my cells start reading those instructions the muscle cells in my arms read the instructions the muscle cells in my arms make the spike now my immune system sees the spike right yes aha target activate the big ninja Stuff, stuff, stuff. Isn't, isn't the thing they're hunting for <laughs> on COVID-19, isn't the thing the cells are hunting for some sort of protein that's yes. kind of hanging out on the COVID-19 thing? That is it. Yep. So that they're spike recognizing, is a protein. they're finding the protein, and they're hunting the thing carrying it. Correct. Okay. So if you, if you had COVID-19, that red spike was on the SARS-CoV-2 virus. Okay, yeah. If you got the vaccine... After a couple of days of you getting the vaccine, that spike was on your muscle cells. I got you. So your immune system started targeting those muscle cells as if they were the virus, right? Yeah. Millions of copies, 
That is ninjas with swords make you feel generically bad. That is as understandable as I've heard the subject explained to me. So thank you so much. Oh, you're super welcome. Yeah. (laughs) So this is this is the mRNA version of the vaccine, which was uh, Moderna and Pfizer. Correct. Yep. Johnson and Johnson did something a little bit different, and they used some uh, a bit of dead virus. They used they used the same sort of an idea of the genetic information to make the spike. They, if you will, they will they scooped that out of the COVID virus. So they have a little scoop of that, and then they put it inside another virus, um, adenovirus. It's a virus that would only usually give you the cold. So the adenovirus got into your system started replicating and doing its thing it tricked your cells into making spike for covid like normally that virus wouldn't have you make covid stuff because it isn't covid it would have you make more of its own adenovirus would use like um more analogies is anyone we should have a tally someone (laughs) this is could be a perfect coffee sipping game so like every time vivian says a weird analogy have another sip of coffee yes that's right yeah (laughs) (laughs) um so okay so was I going? Hold on. That got real weird because I made fun of myself for a second. You put it as a scoop, and I like this idea. A little scoop of the COVID virus oh, and the adenovirus. Yes, and yes. The adenovirus normally would have... Yes, so so viruses, um, when I teach this, we, I, I use the analogy of viruses use your cells. Um, sometimes I say like copy machines, and sometimes I say like my brother-in-law when they lived with us for eight months, right? They don't... They don't bring their own stuff like why would i go to the grocery store and get food you have it i'll just use yours why would i have my own towels i'll just use yours so viruses have as little as possible get into a cell and just use all the cells stuff to make more of them as if i needed another reason not to like viruses (laughs) (laughs) yes so if you got an adenovirus normally it would use your cell as a copy machine to make more adenoviruses but now we have an adenovirus, it gets into your cell, but what it's actually making copies of is COVID spikes. Your cells now start projecting COVID spikes and we're in the same place. Your immune system sees the spike, does its thing. Since we are on the topic of Johnson Johnson, please, n- just a just a <laughs> g- up or down vote here. Your concern level on the pause that they had on Johnson & Johnson, is that somewhat routine? The Johnson Johnson vaccine was paused for a brief period of time. I think they're back chugging along now. What's the status of that? I actually don't know the status of it. Um, it's back on. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I think, I think um, as science folks, I think part of what is what living through this has helped me understand that is important for us as science educators to help people understand is that I think for, for some folks, they look to science and numbers as being like the absolute, like once you find an answer once, that's just the answer. It is the truth. Science is the thing. Um, And for folks who aren't used to how science works, we're going to keep finding different answers (laughs) over and over and over and over. And then we just, in the end, collect those all and paint one big picture out of each of the individual answers. Is that? Absolutely. I think it's also important, too, when we're talking about people's lives, that we err on the side of caution as much as possible, right? And so we need to take a pause and just make sure and collect data and then you know, a better understand that data. Yes. Uh, absolutely we should, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and you kind of hear that when you go to your doctor, your doctor errs on the side of concern, right? They're, yeah, they're going to sure. tell you, you know, um, yeah. uh, they're going to be the most cautious they can with your life because your life's important. Yeah. So am I concerned that something we stopped to take a pause and something seemed dangerous or, or something and then we took a look and we found it? Di- no, that's just, right. yeah, that's right. how it works. Good. Yeah. Great answer. Great information. Fantastic. Uh, anything else? Anything else that 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 uh, 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 you said you you kind of did some refreshing and some research. <laughs> Any, anything you found that that, that you, you would people need to know? You've you've already told us so much. Is there <laughs> anything else that we're missing or that that might help us? Uh, especially if if one of our uh, audience members wasn't sure if they should get the vaccine or if they had concerns about it. Uh, what would what would you say to them? Um, I think, I think the, the, I, what I love is that people have questions, right? So I'm, I'm going back to stealing her, stealing Kizzy's ideas. Um, I think the idea is, is educate yourself as much about how 
the thing works before that the, before you worry about um, whether or not it's it's how do I want to say this I guess I guess it's boiling down to vet your information it ask the questions and then and then learn and read as much as you can continue with the continue asking questions until you feel comfortable there are, there are going to be folks um, that no matter what um, vaccination might not be the right answer for them so you you mentioned talking to your personal physician um, and, and, and earlier we all three described our different reactions to the second dose uh, it's is it John Fishback that helps does he say this all the time I think um, uh, it's called practicing medicine right um, <laughs> we oh, are yeah. we are not all genetically identical and so how we work and how our bodies work and how our bodies react to things is all going to be different um, so work with your personal physician right to see if something works or not for you gather all the information you need be your own advocate um, and and I think our as humans our gut reaction if anyone says you must do this there's a piece of us that's like no right um, kind of kind of check that in yourself against why are you saying why are you hesitant what are your questions could you could you get those questions answered um, I know I know some folks are concerned about the idea Andrew you said earlier that we're kind of living through the testing right and, yes and, and we um, there was a lot of concern that us uh, especially in like the summer of 2020 mm -hmm. there was a lot of concern that the testing was being rushed yeah. and that's concern that the general public had and by the way I'm married to somebody in the medical community right. that's that's you know there was some concern in the medical community that they were rushing it yeah and I think and I, I, I will be honest. I, I had those moments in the summer too. I'm like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I think, I think we are lucky. Um, we have, uh, we have the privilege of living in a time where I was, I was looking at the stuff I brought just in case. Um, we, none of us have lived through a time. I mean, now, but we weren't raised in a time where half the people we knew would die of something infectious before we hit our teens or 20s um it's we have we have been lucky because of technology and because of science to not fear um you know i get a paper cut i'm not afraid i'm going to die of that paper cut but that has not always been the case and so i think a piece of being concerned about the three days i spent feeling not amazing because of the vaccine right like who wants to not feel great i came back right talking to my friends and work or whatever after the three days i'm like yeah i felt awful for three days but i was not in the icu Yes. Right. You were not on an ECMO machine in a COVID ICU unit. Yeah. We are we are particularly privileged to to feel like being sleepy and not feeling great for three days is bad news. Um. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I I've heard a lot of that too uh, addressed in terms of oh well this has been rushed and one of the things I I I, I heard scientists talking about that were involved in that process is that. Uh, this still the standard trials were all done yeah. the, it, it, w the reason why they were able to move so much quicker is what was done differently is a lot of the steps were done simultaneously yes that, that yes. is rather than later I came order. to understand that yes mm -hmm. absolutely yeah. yeah I think I think a piece of it too is um, funding <laughs> and public interest um we are still public interest spiked i would right? say yeah right um yeah the the amount of funding that was available um t to have people all these people working on these things simultaneously right was was very different than than working on um i mean there, there are folks working on a virus or a vaccine for ebola um but not all the parts of the world where ebola is potentially a problem right um and those parts of the world aren't always interested in funding and timing and, and things like that for that vaccine. So that did not make the same progress as a COVID-19 vaccine. And yeah. th that is such a crux too in the scientific community in terms of progress, right? Yeah. When, when we have, when we have interest and funding, <laughs> boy, <laughs> things do move quickly, right? And, yeah. and, and suddenly we have a space program again, we have, yeah. right. Um, so, uh, can't think enough, uh, fan fantastic. Um, I, I, I wanted to give you the chance as well for, for since you did this favor for us. Uh, what's something that you would like to brag about? Um, I was thinking about this one, and I think um, I would like to brag about the folks that we've been working with here over the last year who have done just some amazing, crazy things. I was I was talking with um, uh, 
Dr. Renner, actually, the other day, we were kind of making a list of all the things that have happened, right, in the last year and a half around here. Oh, my gosh. Dude, it's just, it is, it is craziness what folks around here have adapted to. So um, my shout out is just to literally everyone here who has done their job seven different ways sometimes three or four of those simultaneously, right? Like how many, what's the crazy, I should have asked this, what's the craziest way you've taught this semester? Like I know I had one where I had four of my students in the corner of a room, but in the rest of the room were someone else's students from a different class. They were at huh. home projecting on the TV. They were telling their students how to do a lab. I was in there to make sure nobody ate things, I guess. I don't know, right? Caught things on fire. And then I'm in the corner with my own class, like also do this thing, like super 2020, right? What would the analogy look like for that? I don't even know. <laughs> I don't even know. But no, I know but I'm not the only one. So they're just, the, the shout out is to everyone who's taught. Yeah, what were your, I should have said that. What's your weirdest? Um, I made my courses Zoom optional almost all semester. Yeah. And in our last couple weeks of the semester, <laughs> one of my classes stopped coming. Uh, and they just all <laughs> Zoomed. And so I'm lecturing to an empty room, completely empty, but I have to keep it set in case one of them just walks in late. And so I'm lecturing to an empty room. And it reminds me of these jokes they used to like, it reminds me of these stand-up comedians who would tell me about, and tell me, I would hear them on podcasts talk about <laughs> performing in uh, the old days, you'd perform in a stand-up club. And if it was an empty room, you still had to do your act because if a customer walked by and they looked in, they're like, okay, well, this isn't a dead room. I can come in and sit. So I did feel like that. And they're zooming in. And for much of the semester, my Zoom students have really worked hard, but they have not been super participatory. It's so much harder to it's participate so on Zoom. So it, you know, I'm just kind of talking to an empty room. And if it wasn't for the screen glowing in my face, saying seven people are listening to you <laughs> i would have no you might as well be talking to myself that was crazy yeah oh same i had a summer course with 40 students on zoom yeah, that's interesting yeah yeah and you were doing like physics at them in a room right yes yeah, so i i was in a room here at the building uh during the summer yeah uh did that make sense and uh, uh on zoom yeah yeah Ooh. Like doing a lab at them because first, first time trying, <laughs> that was that was yeah. that was intense, and yeah, you're, it's it's an empty room except for I had this giant screen in front of me and I could see all their heads, uh, like I was just <laughs> trying to teach the opening to the Brady Bunch. And it was, <laughs> yeah, it was it was interesting. Well, can can I just say real quick? Uh, I I have to mention this just for posterity. Feel free to cut this out. But I, <laughs> I have to say it for posterity. I had an experience with uh, Vivian in a meeting years ago here at OTC. No gravy boats. What's this going to be? It was <laughs> academic council, and we were in the Clinkenbeard conference room. And I still remember it because this is maybe like top three things that have worst things that have ever happened to me. And you were part of it, oddly enough. <laughs> Anyways, going so well. Yeah. So what happened was. I can't even remember what we were talking about, but you were running down a whole list. You were running the meeting or at least participating in your part of the meeting. And at one point I asked a question about what it was that you just said. And the room got real quiet for a second. And you kind of looked at me for a second and you were like, I'm not sure if you're joking or not. And <laughs> everybody in the room laughed. And I could not, the, the worst part of all this is, the worst part of all this is, I, st I could not know, I could not figure out in the moment why that question was so stupid <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> that everybody laughed at me. And uh. I walked back and I talked to my office man, it was Greg French at the time. I was like, I just had the worst meeting moment ever. Everybody laughed at my question, which apparently was so stupid. I, I was so stupid for asking it. I could not remember. I could not figure out even why it was stupid. I That's how so lost badly. I was. No, I no, no. I mean, so badly yeah. about that. There are no bad I questions. I want to know what the question is now. I oh, if only, if only that was on recorded like this was. Uh, I I oh, wish no. I could remember. All I know was I asked the question. <laughs> this was it was so funny at the time and also just like I, I could feel the sweat on my palms. I asked the question because I was like, "What do you think about this?" And everybody was like. <laughs> and can you hear a little bit of murmuring? And then you were like, I've been sorry. I don't know if you're joking or not. And then you kind of kept on going and everybody was like, oh, ha, no. and I was like, <laughs> that's <laughs> awful. Yeah, I know. I was, shut you down. No, no, no. Was, you, apparently everybody was on the same page that everybody was in agreement. See, I wish I knew what the question was too, though. My like, question was, yeah. Some of my best teaching moments in retrospect have been like, I've, I remember like there's a thing with DNA replication and it goes one way on one strand and one way on the other, it doesn't matter. It's complicated and weird. 
and like I I know I had the same I had students ask me the same question I know for years like mm-hmm. why does it happen this way and I kind of gave the like because it does right like because yeah. it's science and we aren't here to answer why we just are anyway and it took me like three years and then I realized I wasn't listening well to the question and then when I heard what they were actually asking I'm like oh my gosh I, I think the gist of this story is that everybody was in agreement <laughs> that, my, that my question was ridiculous <laughs> And I didn't know. I was the only one in the room that didn't know, first of all, that it was ridiculous. And second of all, why it was ridiculous. And I thought about it for like two months. I should have emailed you. Uh, yes. As far as back as you and I go, I should have just emailed you. But <laughs> I, I, for two months, I remember for the rest of the semester, I was like, why was that like uh, the meme of the guy standing in an empty swimming pool? I was just standing in an empty swimming pool, <laughs> staring oh into gosh. the distance. Why was that question you silly? I don't remember what the question was. I don't know. No, because I shut him down and shamed him into like... <laughs> 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 oh, oh man! Two so, years ago, Vivian or however it was said sorry. Oh well, I appreciate that. Thank you. There's no nothing to apologize for. I apologize for wasting the meeting's time. I, apparently, I wasted a good 15 seconds of the meeting's time with my silly question. <laughs> so, Dr. Corbett <laughs> uh, and, and her work uh, in in uh, developing um, the COVID vaccine uh, and addressing uh, uh, social issues and questions on that. Um, the mRNA vaccine and uh, the various vaccines uh, history uh, and how they work. Uh, Andrew, did, did, did you know that? I did not know that. I didn't know that either. Well, now you do. Thank you so much, Dr. Thank you.